You're like, oh, I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> I turn to Ugo. I'm like, okay, is he broken or something? Like, <laughs> keep watching. <laughs> Welcome to Grapples and Apples, a podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to whether or not too much of a good thing can be bad for you. If is it possible to outstay your welcome? And you guys are going to understand why I asked that question in just a second. But before we do all of that, welcome to SoundCloud.com slash Grapples and Apples. This is Grapples the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts, you got iHeartRadio. doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mr. Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, that's what well, because baby, that's who I is. Now, normally, I would introduce my partner in crime, my hetero life mate, but unfortunately, Shades, unfortunately for me, Shades is not here. He is on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. So instead, I ask of you folks, can we have too much of a good thing? Can two men outstay their welcome? Because once again, on the show, as part one of a two-night extravaganza, gentlemen, please, from the burbs of Long Island, barbecue and beer, the Suburban Brothers are here. Oh, yeah. Come get some. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something right now, Will. Let Seriously, me tell you something. <laughs> Will, the thrill, the people want the Suburban Brothers here. Did you not see the comments from AEW show? Like, come on. Hello, our people. We are here. We got you more followers in 24 hours. Like, the ratings um, went up that day. And so we're going to see. We're going to see. It, do people really want you guys on a regular basis? Or do people just like a change of a little, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper once in a while, it's a little bit of something, something? I you think know? they want they want us they want to hear more from us because they don't know what we look like. And but <laughs> stop in the ears. No, I'm gonna show them a picture of my puppy instead of a picture of me. Puppy dummy, puppy dummy. <laughs> Let, let's be real here. You know, the whole grapples to apples universe is not exactly a bunch of models. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, the you know, there's other uh, podcasts now, people, that you could go to because you just insulted them. Unbelievable. You know what? You know what? People don't come here for the looks. They don't come here for the glitz or the glamour. They don't come here for supermodels. They come here for Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, they come here for <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, passion, fandom, nerds. They come here for stupidity. They come here for grapples to apples. And so, rants. Don't forget the rants. That's. I mean, that's pretty much what I do. It's like <laughs> you forgot our names, by the way. You forgot our names. I was waiting for you guys to introduce yourselves. People know our names. Tommy Boy is in the house because we're at his house again, and the <laughs> baby maker, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls of all ages, Big Daddy Hugo coming to you straight in your ear. Let's go. Is that going to be your new like moniker, the baby maker? The baby maker. There's the rainmaker. I'm the baby maker. <laughs> baby. 
Let's go. Okada, move over. Dropping bombs every nine months, aren't you? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Rainmaker. Rewind. Remix. <laughs> BB Maker. The BB Maker. Oh, man. That's right. I'm here. I'm here, ladies. And you know what's the awkward thing is if you think about it, the Rainmaker, how does he set it up? From behind, grabs your wrist, and spins you around? <laughs> That's exactly how it happens. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, we have plenty to talk about this week. We have some outbreaks. We got some oh, no. tragic we have some tragic news. We have some signings. And we have some reaction to some of the silliest thing you'll ever hear. But before we do any of that, Mr. Brothers, sirs. Okay. Can I do it? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yes, you can, can I do it. it. Can you I do, can it? do it this time? Can I do it? I want to do, right. do it. This time. Don't touch it. Okay. Don't touch it. Move back. Move back. All right. Mr. Babymaker. Mr. Babymaker. Mr. Babymaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you please ring that bell? Let's go! So... <laughs> All right, so first things first, we got to go with some news out of NWA. They have granted the release of former tag team champion Royce Isaacs. Isaacs was part of the Strictly Business faction led by current champion Nick Aldis. He is leaving for reasons that are the promotion contracts are for relatively no money. So I guess uh, Royce Isaacs needs to get paid, wants to get paid, needs to get paid. And NWA's like, so about that check, you might want to hold up before you cash that. Wow. I guess that's not going to work for Mr. Isaacs. So Yeah, they post-dated it. <laughs> they post-dated it, so uh, he gone. Wow. Good Lord. Um, I mean, I kind of feel bad because NWA's in a tough spot. They haven't started production yet. Um. So it's like they really their, their wrestlers aren't doing much. If I'm not mistaken, I think they granted James Storm um, freedom to go wrestle elsewhere, which is you know at least they're doing that. But it kind of stinks if you're under NWA contract and you can't do anything right now. Like Nick Aldis is their current you know world champion, and I haven't seen him doing anything. I think the right thing for Corgan to do is let his wrestlers wrestler where they can, so they can make yeah. that money because. You know, who knows when they're going to get back. At this point, it's not even about money. It's about getting those reps in because you know what? Like any other sport, you come in cold, you risk the high ver- the high, ah, high percentage of injury. Somebody going to get a hurt. 100%. And I don't know if it's worse than that, me being a jerk fan, but not only can they suffer injury, but they're going to be junk in the ring. Definitely. Remember remember when uh, Private, Private Party, Party came back? Double or nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was a horror show. Yeah, you guys are 100% right. No, you're 100% uh, right. No, we are. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, AEW has announced the signing of Serena Deeb. Now, stuff like this annoys me, and I'm sure anyone who's listened to the show on a regular basis knows why, how invested I am in the women's divisions of the majority of these promotions, but especially in AEW. Every time I see a signing like this, it's like, no, no, that's that's not it. Like I understand they're still trying to figure out their women's division, but this, and this is no disrespect to Serena Deeb, 
but that that's not it. You're that's not the right move. There are or there were so many female wrestlers out there that you had a chance at that you let slip by, and you're signing Serena Deep. That's for for what? What is she going to do right now? Is she just going to be like your your coach kind of guy, like you know, someone back there who's going to do a couple matches, but who's mostly there to teach the women how to how to go? Because what 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 are they doing? See, that's the thing. I I honestly don't know what direction they're going in, and to be honest, I don't know if they do either. Mm-hmm. But like, you're right. I think they're they're focusing now on getting that that veteran that can possibly teach the ropes instead of that younger person like your Deanna Perazzo when she was available that could actually come in and lead by example. Yeah. Because right now, it seems like they have the top of their division set. They're clearly, you know, she is their champion. They have her doing all of this stuff with uh, Diamante and Eva Lise and... Um, Thunder Rosa. Oh, Thank you. Thunder Rosa. So that they're all doing stuff there. And then you have, you know, uh, Big Swole, who still needs a name change. She's That's doing this stuff with Britt Baker. So, like, it seems like the top of the women's division is, is set, which I'm not even sure is, you know, money-making yet. It's not money-making, and nor is it, um, nor is it solid either in the ring. Right. And then they have Nyla Rose, who's still, like, not really doing anything right now. They have the whole Nightmare Sisters, who I don't – I'm still not sure what the point of that is, of all uh, that is. Don't get me, me started. I already ranted about that once. And and then they have stuff like Sarah J, who's, like, doing random matches. Like, I, I'm – Anna J. I, I, Anna J, sorry. I, I know that they're having, you know, issues with – Getting you know because Statlander's still hurt and Britt Baker's still on hundred percent and um, Shauna they haven't been able to get back on on, on the show, but um, I don't know I just don't know that Serena Deeb like I'm not sure what the point of that of that signing is you know are they looking to make something out of her because I that doesn't make sense to me. If you can't explain it, we can't explain. Yeah, it. I was about to say there's really not much to go on there at all. You're a much better explainer than we are. Anyway, um, let's move on to some not so positive news. Uh, some somewhat frustrating news, I guess. We have had three outbreaks from three separate promotions throughout the last week. Uh, two of them being Lance Archer and Ben Carter of AEW testing positive for COVID nineteen. But luckily, it seems that it has been restrained to just those two guys. Um. It's unfortunate that it's Lance Archer who was supposed to be in your main event this week um, and Ben Carter, who's an up-and-comer. You don't want to see a new guy have to get pulled off the off of every card for the next two weeks. But luckily, it was just them two. Uh, Lance Archer announced it on Facebook and Twitter himself, so we don't have that weird AEW, I mean WWE stuff where they don't want people telling anybody anything. So Lance Archer flat-out said, I was, you know... Tested positive, and I'm off the road for two weeks. Uh, AEW announced it during the show, although they announced it oddly. They said that he came in contact with. I'm wondering if the wording they used was to protect themselves from any OSHA violation. Um, 
Although Lance Archer announced it himself ahead of time, so I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what the what the what the idea was was of them just saying he came into contact with someone and not saying he himself was positive. But either way, the point is Lance Archer and Ben Carter have both tested positive for COVID nineteen, so they're off any bookings for the next two weeks minimum. It's it's exactly right. It's a legal thing. So by saying they came in contact with, that means they. It's implied that they um, that it's they quarantine themselves, got tested, and then found out they were positive. Right. So it, it implies um, precautionary measure. Sure, but my I guess my my whole thing is like, what's the point? Like, what? Le- it's not like they get sued. Lance Archer announced it himself first. Well, so that's AW the clear to go ahead and announce it alongside. Not not to make it like a um, like a military thing, but remember now there's civilians in the building, so they do have to protect themselves. Okay, whatever. Hey, whatever. Look, I don't. It, it was made clear on both sides. Nothing was hiding. No one was hiding. Nothing. Nope. You know, it it was all out there. So whatever. I don't really care. And it they did just, the right thing. They're doing the testing regularly and get yeah. and taking care of it. Sure, hundred percent. Like when when. AJ came out and said, yeah, at one point I had COVID. I can't remember two weeks where AJ was off the air for two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because WWE wants a tight lip. They've already announced that they are gonna that they don't want people knowing if anyone well, – we'll get to that stuff later. Because it anyway. shows weakness. Anyway, the other promotion that's dealing with some COVID issues is CMLL, who is planning their Aniversario show and – Two guys that were set to be a huge part of that, Ultimo Guerrero and Bendito, both tested positive for COVID, so they go and stay home. They are pulled off the show, which stinks for CMLL. Ay, Bendito, he's sick. Oh, you're, I hate you. <laughs> I could say that because I'm Hispanic. Thank you. Ay, Bendito, Bendito. Ay, Bendito, my Bendito. Uh, so yeah, so that real that sucks hard for CMLO, because um, Bandito was you know before the outbreak he was really pushing throughout the entire industry. Everyone was really high on Bandito before everything happened, and now he's bro, it's, COVID it's positive. 2020, it's twenty twenty. Everybody's getting it, bro. Ugh, it's nuts. It's wild. If you're doing well in twenty twenty, just wait for that shoe to drop on your forehead because right? it's coming. Yeah, no, that's 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 what it's lining up to be. Listen, non wrestling related, but I know we've all seen that meme. At eleven fifty nine on December thirty first, we all have a shot and we never speak of twenty twenty again. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's dead to me. It's dead. <laughs> and we could, I just, we could also hope for the factory reset when we turn the clocks back on Halloween. Yeah, I know, right? Because they went forward like what? It was at the weekend of Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. All right, so we got some. We went we went down in the dumps a little bit talking about COVID, but let's talk about some tournaments. There are currently two tournaments going on in the world of professional wrestling. We got the Ring of Honor Pure Championship Tournament, and then we have, of course, New Japan's G One Climax. Let's go over to Ring of Honor first. Uh, I mentioned last week how much I really enjoyed the presentation of Ring of Honor doing the the Pure Tournament. Um, so so far. We've had two episodes. We've had four matches. The results are as follows. In block A, 
Jay Lethal went over Dalton Castle to advance, and uh, David Finley Jr. I mean David Finley, excuse me, David Finley defeated Rocky Romero. So in Block A, moving forward in the next round will be Finley versus Lethal. In Block B, we had Jonathan Gresham defeating Yuta, and then Matt Seidel, who infamously, if y'all remember, during All Out, decided I'm gonna go on the turnbuckle. And then Shades was like, he going to botch a shooting star press. And then he went and he botched the shooting star press. And I laughed hysterically. (laughs) So Matt Seidel defeated Delirious. And so he moves on to face Jonathan Gresham in the next round. So as we're going to fall off. Oh, man. Damn, man. Oh, you know you're proud of me. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I'm guessing next week we're going to have Young versus Yehi from Block A and then Woods versus King from Block B. But so far, you know, I'm all about this. You know, again, if you're into pure, no pun intended, technical wrestling with a presentation that's more, you know, sports oriented, almost boxing, uh, UFC, Bellator kind of style, find out how you can watch uh, ROH. And, and go ahead and, and turn that on. If you can't figure it out, DM me. I might be able to help. <laughs> when we go off the air, we'll, we'll do the whole texting thing. Oh, I got you, boo. I got you. <laughs> now, moving on to, of course, the tournament of all tournaments. Yes, oh, I am showing my bias. The G1 Climax is under full swing. After, I think... We're a whole week and a half in. Hey, we promise you that we're going to keep you updated with the standings, and we don't lie here on Grapples of Apples. We do a lot of things, but we don't lie. So here are your updates. From Block A, in 10th place, we have the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi, with zero points, because duh. We got number in ninth place, Shingo Takage, with zero points. Again, a little surprised. In 8th place, another surprise, the Stone Pitbull. Tomohiro Ishii with zero points. That's a shocker. Yeah, so was the next one. In seventh place, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, is one and one. One and one, so he's only got two points so far. Tied with Minoru Suzuki and Kota Obushi and Jeff Cobb, who also are all one and one with two points. At the top of the heap so far in block A are Will Ospreay with four points at 2-0. Jay White... 2-0 with four points. And much to my dismay, Taichi is 2-0 with four points. Why? I don't know. I don't understand why anyone likes Taichi. He defeated Jeff Cobb in the night one, and I was like, why? Why Why is Taichi beating Jeff Cobb? Someone explain this to me. But here we are. Tied for first place so far in block A is Taichi with Jay White and Will Ospreay. This is like one of those cartoon, uh, one of those kids' coloring books. Which of these does not belong? And you circle Tai Chi a million times. Circle, circle, circle. They also didn't teach him how to color inside the lines because this is a color at all wrong. I, I don't understand. I'm like, well, Tai Chi, Tai Chi, no belong here. Jay White, okay, I understand. Will Ospreay, okay, I understand. But, but who put who put Tai Chi here? Not me. I don't, I don't know. 
Now, as for Block B, again, I mean, obviously, guys, I know this is early, so we're still got plenty to go. Hopefully, Tai Chi is only here to begin with. Because Block B is also all kinds of crazy. In 10th place, or tied for last place, is Hiroshi Tanahashi, Yoshihashi, and Sanada, all with zero points. Um, Tied for, I guess, 4th through 7th. Jack Sab- Zach uh, Zach Saber Jr. Kenta Hiroki Goto and Evil are all one and one with two points, and then at the top of the pile is Juice Robinson, Tetsuya Naito, and Toru Yanu. <laughs> as much as Jeremy likes to crack on Toru Yanu, here he is tied at two points. I mean, with four points with Juice Robinson and Naito. Now again, this is early in the tournament. So we're going to see a lot of, move, you know, guys shifting around, moving around. We've only had two matches of pop so far. So we got a ways to go. But so far, it's interesting that we have Toru Yano jumping out of the blocks 2-0 and Taichi jumping out of the blocks 2-0. And then you have Sanada, Tanahashi, uh, Ishii, all with zero points. Okada's 1-1. You know, it's interesting. I, I like to see where how we're going to go from here and to how we get to the finish. It's going to be very interesting because right now it looks like they're trying to, like, I don't want to say push new blood, but Mm -hmm. if we were doing predictions for this, God, we would have all just been destroyed in our numbers already. I would have been killed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on night one, I saw, okay, we're going to have Jeff Cobb versus Taichi. And I was like, all right, that's an easy W for Jeff Cobb. Cobb, And then he lost. And I was like, "Um, am I watching the right show? Did I did I change the channel by accident? <laughs> I promise you, we'd all have losing records. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not but talking that, like by one game under 500. I'm talking multiple games under 500. But that's the fun of the G1 climax is that after two matches, we have weird oddities like you know Kazuchika Okada near the bottom of the pile and Toru Yanu up at the top, and then by next week. Who knows what we're looking at? We could be looking at a complete and total flip reverse. Mm-hmm. Very true. Love the G1 Climax. So much fun. Good booking. Good booking. So, now that we've gone through the world of professional wrestling outside of the WWE, let's move on to the buffoonery that takes place in Titan Towers. Um, first things first, on a very serious note, on an incredibly terribly somber note, uh, Road Warrior Animal, part of the one of the most famous, well-known, greatest tag teams of all time, Road Warriors, has passed away this week at the age of 60. Um, I don't think there's a single soul who could take a picture of these two standing side by side and not at least know, oh, those are those wrestling guys, right? They were like famous back in the day, right? Like, this is the World Warriors are one of the most famous tag teams in history. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking to see them now both passed away. Bro, I'm a very young 40 years old. And I remember when I was around the time they came up, I was about five, four, five, six years old. They were the premier tag team. When they showed up on WWF back in the day, 
Mm-hmm. When you saw those shoulder pads, you saw those spikes, you saw the hair, you saw the makeup, the music hit. It was bananas. Instantaneously, I turned to my mom and I'm like, I want those toys. Because everything on TV, even if it was real people, were toys to me. And sure enough, when they came out, I had them. And I played with them until the red came off of their uh, their shoulder pads. And and for, to me, forever, they're going to be the greatest tag team ever. That's that's for me. I mean, an argument can be made for that either way. Yeah, 100%. But for me, nostalgia-wise, kid-wise, growing up-wise, that, that, that was my tag team, man, when I was a kid. It's hard for, and for those also um, who may know them as a different name. Obviously, they're also known as the Legion of Doom outside of the WWF. Um, but yeah, no, Dave, you guys are one hundred percent right. And Davis, you, you say um, you know they it's arguable that they're the greatest tag team of all time. It is very arguable. Like it's hard to argue that they wouldn't be at least in the top five tag teams of all time. Whether you're talking about Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors, I mean, the Electric Chair. Oh, the, I mean, what do they call it? What do, what is, what do they call it when they? Um, oh my God! It just Doomsday Device. Doomsday Thank device. you, the Doomsday Device. I can I can hear I can hear shades yelling at me in the back of my head. You know he's like, there. Are you serious? <laughs> I was yelling at myself in my head because I knew I like I knew it and I blanked. The Doomsday Device is one of the, like, in my opinion, one of the most iconic tag team finishes of all time. Yeah. I, like, it's horrifying. You, you put a dude on, on, on your shoulders and the other one gets a clothesline from the top rope? What? The Like, the one that I've seen all week all over social media had to be, like, one of the more brutal ones where it was against the Nasty Boys. And um, I, I forgot who was who, but the guy with the, uh, the, the darker hair. Mm-hmm. The way the camera was, like, and I know he didn't land like this, it looked like he landed on his neck. And oh. then Hawk, Hawk was probably the smaller of the two, if you can even use the word small when talking about this team. <laughs> but just imagine being on animal shoulders, waiting for a guy Hawk size to come barreling at you off the top rope. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> no, nope. no gracias. No gracias. But in, um, I have to say, the nicest, in my opinion, one of the nicer tributes to Animal actually came from outside the world of WWE. <clears throat> I don't know if anybody noticed uh, Thunder Rosa's um, her face paint. Oh. Her skull, the, uh, the top of it and into the eyes had Animal's design. So exactly. it was half a spider on top of the uh, – in the forehead of the skull that yeah, she that paints cool. on her face. That was pretty That's neat. Awesome. That's I'll, awesome. find a, I'll find a picture and I'll send it to you. I'm looking for – yeah, I'm looking it up right now actually. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And you know what? Uh, speaking of those guys and, and staying on topic a little bit, they were one of the best promo working guys oh my God, in, yeah. uh, in history. Their promos, when you heard them talk like, oh, what a rush, and they started, they looked at me, Gene, and Hawk just whipped his neck from one side to the camera, looked at the camera. You're like, I'm going to die just listening <laughs> to these guys. They were so intimidating, and it was they made it so real. And the funny thing about them, is that they were only in WWF for a really small amount of time. 
Cup and of coffee. They make their, yeah, they make their bones on the road in Japan mm-hmm. mostly and, and, you know, in the indies and all that stuff. And to me, when I was little, I was confused because I knew them as the road warriors um, because my friends would talk about them, but I, I didn't watch anything outside of WWF. You know, you're a little mm-hmm. kid. You don't, you don't really know what you're watching. So as the years went by, I realized that they were the same guys because the Road Warrior name was the bigger name than Demolition or the um, Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. Excuse me. The, then the Legion of Doom. So it was confusing to me as a kid, but then growing up, they were forget it. They were they were amazing. Once the the confusion settled, you know. So of all the days to have you know you guys on here, I'm actually really happy that. Today's one of the days that we have you, especially um, Suburban Brothers, because unfortunately, I'm a little young to really remember and appreciate the Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors. That's not your generation. That's not your generation. Right. I I knew them, like, again, I knew them the same way anyone knows the Road Like, you you just know that they exist. But I know that you guys watched them. I know that you guys were fully into, like, you know, you guys were there. Yep. So I'm glad that you guys are able to to speak more on on their legacy and and what it was like to be a fan like at the height of their career. So them, you know, saw them live plenty of times growing up. Yeah, really. Yeah, they uh, they were at every MSG show, whether it was live or a house show. When when WWF would come to the Garden, especially in the early mid '90s, they were there. And the house would pop every single yep. time. But oh my, my God. Uh, my favorite was from SummerSlam in '91 when you know, was it was Wembley '91? I think it was. Um, when uh, they came down the uh, that long, long aisle on the bikes with uh, Paul Ellering and um, I, I forget the dummy's name. But, uh, <laughs> you know that. Well, he had a dummy with them. He was. Doing a whole ventriloquist thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Rocco. Rocco. Oh my god. So uh yeah, that that was actually one of the their better entrances. They they just blew down that aisle. Like they didn't take it slow. If you watch that entrance, they're going down that aisle at least 40, 50 miles an hour. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's interesting, and I think it's funny to me that. Um, Ugo, you accidentally slipped up and called him Demolition. Um, Because if I'm not mistaken, the word on the street is Demolition only exists because Vince wanted to combat the popularity of LOD outside of the WWF. Exactly. Correct. And so he created Demolition and made them the, at the time, longest reigning WWF tag team champions to snuff out LOD and then once they signed the Road Warriors, Demolition was dead. Demolition disappeared, guy. Like, it's <laughs> wild. So it's so yeah. funny that and, – and so, like, when the New Day broke the record recently, I remembered they were like, yeah, the New Day are the, the new reigning uh, – longest reigning tag team teams of all time surpassing uh, Demolition. I remember thinking to myself, again, I wasn't – you know, I, I'm kind of – I came into the wrestling experience when I was, I don't know, four or five years old in terms of my memory. Like my pretty much yeah. my whole life, but I was born in 1990, so like I only know and remember so much of that era. And so, at, to me, I was like, "Demolition? Who's Demolition?" And it's wild that I don't remember Demolition 
But I promise you, I remember the Road Warriors. I promise you, I remember Legion of Doom and the Doomsday Device. You know, I may have only been, you know, a tiny little dude, but I remember those guys. But Dem- I was like, who Dem- who's Demolition? And then I saw a picture of them and I was like, that's Demolition? Nah, Road Warriors. I'll, I'll do Road Warriors. That's 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 the funny thing because it's like a mnemonic thing. Like you, you I think yeah. of, of, of the Road Warriors. I think of Legion of Doom. Then I think of Demolition. Then I think of all the tag teams. So yeah, when yeah, I yeah. said that, I'm, I'm thinking like in that era, in that time, and it's like a brain fart. It's just like, boop. The name pops up out of my mouth, and I'm like, "Why did I say that?" <laughs> it's like so funny. I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, but this is entirely disrespectful. You yeah. know the meme where it's like, "I want McDonald's." We have McDonald's at home, and then they show like one picture of like a Big Mac, and then like a Cardi sandwich. Yeah, yeah, it's like I want Road Warriors, and then it's like I want we have Road Warriors at home, and you get demolition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, they were the light version of them. So yeah, it's it's really sad um, that now officially both of them they're they're both gone, um, but they yeah. clearly one hundred percent will not be forgotten. Yeah, somebody yeah. put up a picture of a, a certain I forgot which um I'm trying to find it but I can't find it um uh, uh Van Eric uh, Von Eric uh it's mm. the uh, the Legion of Doom and I forgot a couple of other wrestlers Every, oh uh, Ultimate Warrior oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah I know I see who's a particular I forgot which one it is maybe Tom knows I know Jeremy's right now he's listening he knows which one this is and um everybody within that pay per view they were the the headliners they're all dead but uh, Kerry Von Eric uh who was it um Ultimate Warrior the the Legion of Doom. Um, and I think it was one other guy, and I'm, I'm not. I think maybe it was Mr. Perfect. Maybe they, mm. everybody yes, in that picture, Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning, right? Everyone in that picture has passed away. And when I saw that picture, I was like, man, my. And and look, I'm 40. I know. Listen, people come and go. It is what it is. But it's like, wow. Like that's when it hit me. Up. That chunk of my childhood is gone, and yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Actually, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't Kurt Henning. I actually have it. It's the Road Warriors. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Ultimate Warrior. Kerry Von Eric, which at the time was Texas Tornado, and me, me Gino. <laughs> Texas Tornado, because that went well. Yeah, they, hey. they butchered that poor guy, man. He so, was yeah, amazing. I just found the picture. Yeah. Oh, mm. God, I wow. can't. Wow. Yeah, that's 80s wrestling, man. 80s, like, you're a 90s kid. You're the Attitude yeah. Era. We were in the sure. uh, weird, corny the, the uh, Federation, Federation era. Federation era, exactly. Hold on, hold on. Time out now. Time out now. Come on, come on, come on. I, I was too young to, to pawn off the new generation on me. That's not mine. I'm an Attitude Era kid. That's me. That's, That's me. What we called you. No, we said you're the Attitude you're Era. You're the Attitude The Federation Era is before the Attitude Era. Oh, okay. You're, I'm just saying. You're, like, the, you're the Attitude Era into the uh, Ruthless Aggression Era, more the Ruthless yes, Aggression Era. Yes. And then after Ruthless Aggression, I was like, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm out. I'm going to head out. Yeah, I'll I be back during in- ruthless aggression too. I was like, yeah. I think it was 03 when I when I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take a little, I'm gonna take a little break until my son is born. Yeah, call, call me when this <laughs> Justin was the one that got me into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, bro. I, I think it was like 05, 06. I was like, yeah, I think I'm out. I think I'm done with this. This is kind of dumb. Yeah. I don't. I'm I'm out. And then of course because of Justin, I. <laughs> Okay, tangent to tangent. I remember <laughs> I was at a at Kelly's at Davis at your wife's old home. 30, it was WrestleMania thirty two. Was it thirty? I, I think it was thirty two. The the heist of the of the century. Um, 
Let me see. I think that was 32. WrestleMania. No, I think it was 31 because you were at the house for Seth Rollins winning, right? Yeah, that was that's what I'm talking about. Um, that would be WrestleMania 31, sir. I think. Oh, you're right. You're right. That was 31. Yeah. So WrestleMania 31 was. I'm I'm sitting there with you guys, and I'm like, Hugo, who are these people? <laughs> He's like, I have no idea, bro. I remember we're watching the Andre the the Andre the Giant battle. Oh my, hold on, hold on. I got this. I can do this. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Woo! Got well it. Done. There it is. Bravo, like, bravo. <laughs> I remember we're watching that match, and I'm like, I know Big Show. I want Big Show to win. I have no <laughs> idea who the rest of these clowns are. No, time then, that's not what you said. That's not what you said. I remember what you said. When you saw Big Show and you saw some other guys, you're like, oh, I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Big Show won, and that was mad hype. And I was like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> one more. I, I got to make you laugh, though, because I don't think I've told you this story. One more two-minute tangent. Okay. I swear it'll be short. When I, when I was like, all right, fine, Justin wanted to go to a house show, so I picked up the tickets, you know, I, I made it happen, <clears throat> and I'm like, you know what, I'll go too. He asked me to go too, I'll go too. What the heck? I come upstairs to the seats, and it's the Miz and Damian Sandow, or was he was known then as Mizdow. Mizdow. Oh, my so gosh. I sit down. I'm like, oh, cool, a tag match. That's a good way to start the night. And then every I noticed every time Miz took a bump, this doofus on the apron took a bump. <laughs> I turned to Ugo. I'm like, okay, is he broken or something? Like, what, <laughs> like, what is this guy's deal? And I told him, and I turned to him. I go, like, keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> minus a couple of words i'm yelling why the dot 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 is this guy falling for no apparent dot 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 reason that's so funny i can't imagine i mean i i wasn't around when it was happening but going like learning about it after the fact it must have been hilarious if you don't know what's going on with damien mizdow the i mean with mizdow and the miz and then all of a sudden you're watching one of their matches. You 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 have to be confused. Dude, it's got to be like what? What is who? What? Why is for, <laughs> when you see it for the first time? The confusion is great, but then when you get it, once you get in on the joke, it was it was fun, and that's what hooked us in. Like, right, I remember right. That, of course, that, that stupid um, uh, package really kind of pulled me back in because I would go with Justin. I would watch mm. it, but I would, I'm half disinterested. I'm like, whatever. And then when they did that, I was like, yo, this is funny, man. And I was like, and I couldn't wait for next week to see what stupidity was going to happen. And that's how they hooked me back in. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, why am I doing this again? <laughs> yeah, and that, where's Sandow now? Doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. what was it? He was in, what was the last place that he, he was? He was in Impact for like two weeks that, and then he was gone. Yeah. That was that major debut, if you remember? Yep, yep. Wrestled under his real name, like, uh, what is it, Aaron Stevens or something like that? Yeah, whoever that guy is. And then he just fell to the face of the earth. I don't know. But anyway, we, we've digressed plenty. Yeah. Rest in peace, animal. Thank you. Our, our, our condolences obviously go out to all his friends, his family, and all of his fans. Um, 
thank you to to you guys, Ugo and Tommy Boy, for giving us your memories of the of Road, Road Warrior Animal and Hawk. Um, something that I wouldn't be able to contribute to. I'm glad that you guys were able to to give us something. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um. Oh, and like we said before, the COVID outbreaks. There's three promotions. The third one, WWE, because duh. Apparently, there was an outbreak amongst NXT talents at the Performance Center. Again, because duh. I'm not going to spend much more time on this, because if anyone is surprised by this, get real. Listen, what does Yvonne Drago say in Rocky IV? If he does, he does. There you go. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was so morbid. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, you don't want to take care of yourself. You know what? You deserve it. Well, That's th- it. These poor. You know what? Let me be for once the voice of reason. What? You? <laughs> Listen, when you when you got old man River, you know, sitting in the gorilla position in his bedroom because you know he can't stop being in the gorilla position, he is basically telling them, "You come to work no matter what. You want a job, you're in that ring." That's terrible. But what's crazy is that like. We were, we, we, oh my God. Okay. So, not to get too broad strokes, but our country was, we were going in this direction. And I knew it. And we, we were, the, the, those of us who were intelligent enough to understand what's going on were all afraid of this. People, the, the numbers started to go down. People got comfortable. And now we're seeing spikes all over the country. And we're seeing three wrestling promotions. One, obviously, is based in Mexico, but close enough that are all suffering from now COVID results or outbreaks or positive testings. Yeah. And it's just like, come on guys. Like we're, 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 we're staring down the barrel of the gun of a second wave. If we don't protect ourselves and do the right thing. I mean, we're here in New York city and we're, we're spiking and it's so dumb because we went from 2% infection rate over the summer. Now back up to seven in certain parts of Southern Brooklyn. Like, Ugh. Anyway, I don't want to go too much into that, but yeah, this we, we gotta smarten up people. And and I don't know if you guys heard, Florida is about to enter phase three, and their phase three includes a full reopening of restaurants and allowing sports venues to allow minimum capacity. Are Let's you be like, honest, thrilled? Did Florida yeah. ever really shut down? Do you understand how quickly Vince McMahon is going to start letting fans into his buildings? Isn't that the plan after the Dun the Dome contract is over? This is so. Um, oh, I don't. This is such a bad idea. This is this is not good news for maintaining and containing the, these these outbreaks and spikes. No, it's good for real estate agents because a lot of listings are going to start popping up. Because uh, when people die, all those houses are going to go vacant. Let me tell you, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, Who invited guy. the Grim Reaper to the show? Good <laughs> God. <laughs> I got to re- I got to remember, you know, he he's a little sweeter when I give him Jack and Honey. Oh, my <laughs> Jack and Honey, where is it? <laughs> There's so many innuendo and entendres that are just like flooding my brain right now. You I can't even decide which one I want to use. I'm broken. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's, let's let's talk about let's talk about some stuff that actually went on in the ring this week. Uh, so first things first, something interesting over in NXT land, Kyle O'Reilly has earned himself an opportunity to challenge Finn Balor 
for the NXT Championship at NXT TakeOver 31, which is, I think, the second week or first week of October. So that's that's interesting. First week, I think. I think it's the... The sixth? Third? Something like that? Is it this? You know what? Hold, no, on. Get... Hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm not going to lie. Bring out random numbers. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch that. Well, yeah, uh, because AEW is on at the same time, so uh, that's not going to happen for me. Sick Sunday, burn, October 4th. Okay, yeah. So next, so a week from this Sunday. I'm coming for that belt, Shades. I know you're Ooh. listening. Uh-oh. Did it. All Did out, it. you got lucky. Ooh. I was going to say, are we about to get an impromptu uh, promo right now? <laughs> Just saying, I'm going to be watching the NXTs, and Shades better hold on to Brownie. Mm. Kiss it a little extra before he goes to bed at night. Mm. Talk to him. What a rush. Anyway, no, I think this is this is interesting, and it's great for Kyle O'Reilly. For those of it's so it's unfortunate because WWE fans only know Kyle O'Reilly as one half of, you know, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and the Undisputed Era Tag Team Champions. People don't realize he's a former Ring of Honor World Champion. I sure I like he's a, he's you know thought of right now as like a tag team specialist with Red Dragon with Bobby Fish, but he's a main eventer. He was a main eventer in his own right at some point. Yeah, and I just like how they're you know it's not exactly new blood because Kyler O'Reilly's been you know he's been there, yeah. but it's not the same singles. It's not your good guy. Right. It's not right. Ciampa. Right. You know, it's not Adam Cole, baby. Right. And it's someone new to the main event scene. So, you know, I'm glad. You know, but once Cross comes back, you know, you know, that he's going to be right back up there. Yeah. No, but again, and I think, and on top of that, if nothing else, I feel like this is a guarantee to have a banger of a match. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. At an NXT takeover, you give them twenty minutes. This should be one fantastic match. You give them enough time, and don't, for the love of God, don't overbook it. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the only. So, if Kyle O'Reilly is going to win, which I don't think, I think that's when we'll see overbooking. That's when we'll see undisputed era come out, and they'll you know interfere and blah blah blah, so that Kyle O'Reilly can win, which would be interesting. I think I'm down for that. I'm not going to lie. I think I'd be down for Undisputed Era being able to say, we have two guys here who have been world champion. Because when they already did the whole gold thing, the whole you know prophecy of gold, right? Okay, so that's one way to prove that Undisputed Era are the top of the biz. What's another way is that you establish all four of them as main eventers. So Adam Colbebe is already Adam Colbebe. So now if you can put the belt on Kyle O'Reilly and make him feel believable, come on. See, and I know um, I know it's kind of, you know, it wasn't supposed to happen because, you know, they didn't plan for Karrion Cross to get hurt. Right. But by putting the belt on O'Reilly and not even giving Balor a defense or two, now you're inadvertently playing hot potato. Oh, no, I'm not saying that it should happen. I, I would like Balor to hold on to it for a bit. I do want the NXT World Championship to, to regain some element of prestige that I think it's lost in a couple of years. Um, and I think that's but I think it, but I'm saying it'd be interesting. Right. No, I agree. I'm just saying I think it'd be interesting. I'd be down for it. Oh, yeah, I would too. I just don't think it's time. 
Yeah, and it's so funny how the NXT Championship has gone from like super long reigns, like Adam Cole Bay, Finn Balor, uh, Shinsuke and Samoa Joe, and then you had these crazy tiny little reigns like Drew McIntyre, Andrade, um, uh, Gargano, Ciampa, yeah. like Keith Lee and Cross. They had like eight guys who had like two second reigns. And then you have four guys who held on to it for like a year plus. I think Cross was going to hold on to it for that year plus. I think he was going to stabilize it a little, a little better. It's just, you know, again, you didn't plan to destroy his shoulder in the match. Yeah, but I don't know that Cross has that sort of like, I don't know that he can hold the title for that long. I'm not sure that he has it. I'm not saying he doesn't have it for a, like, he can be a champion. I just don't know that he has, like, I don't think his character has what it needs in order to be a long reigning champion. You get what okay. I'm saying? I'm going to give you two words that'll make Karrion Cross seem like a great idea to have him be champion for a year. You ready right. for these two words? Sure. Jinder Mahal. Ugh. Yeah, but okay, but look at how people think of Jinder Mahal. People don't respond to Jinder Mahal with any, people laugh. People consider Jinder Mahal to be one of the worst WWE champions in history. Oh, he's a steroid champion. He can't, you know, he took a couple of needles. Vince is like, ooh, he's got muscles now. Give him the belt. I, I, I'm not going to hear, hear – I'm not gonna. I'm not here to say if he was roided or not. None of my business. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I mean, it was a business move. It was a business move by Vince to try and capitalize on the Indian market, and it failed. See how that uh, worked. Right, it no. failed. I think Cross but, had the potential to do it. I think there was untapped potential there. I think he could have realized it with the belt. He just didn't get the opportunity to do so because of the injury. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Again, I think he's better suited as like a a two or three month heel champion, and then you know put it on on a baby face. But I could be wrong, and we'll, we won't know until he comes back from injury. That too, and the fact that you know it's all you know. I hate to say it, COVID champions where you don't know if they're actually holding the belt well. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. You're 1000 percent right. Um, over to the other show on Wednesday nights. Two little 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 things I kind of want to throw at you guys. First of all, was the return of Cody. Cody's back, and he's he's don't he's not blonde no more. See, going after the Dark Order is one thing, but like to me, and I know Cody's just doing a good job playing anger and you know wanting revenge, but to me, Cody acted more like a heel than a babyface. I don't know if you agree with that, Hugo. I agree, but he had a definite darkness to him, and I, I'm not saying I didn't. I liked it a lot, but we might see a little bit more of an edgier sort of heel Cody, like a little darker version. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a slow burn to heel Cody. Now, here's the thing that's of interest. You have the Bucks who are already on that path of you, healing you, it up. You actually took my next point, and I'm glad you did. Because I was so you have, they're, doing, they're doing it all at the same time. Right. And I don't know how I feel about that. Kenny, too. 
That's what Kenny. I was, was going to say. Kenny's healing it up versus Hangman. And then the Bucks are healing it up. And now Cody is potentially healing it up. Is this a creative way to turn all of the elite heel separately but together? Or is this like, really? You, you, you got to keep them together so you turn them all heel at the same time? You know, I, think how- I think what they're going to do with Cody is he's going to be a tweener. I think he's gonna he's gonna be like you know the 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 good guy, but with bad intentions kind of guy. Like he's gonna be kind of in the middle, where you got the the Bucks and um, and uh, Kenny and Kenny, you know, going straight heel. That's how I think they're gonna do it. I got one for you. Okay. Or the company's established. We don't need. The you know the leaders of the company to be these face characters to pander anymore. We can go back to the characters that made us who we are. But Cody's such a good baby face. When when Cody was baby when he was in his in his feud with Jericho, he was the best face in all of wrestling. There was no one who could touch him. Yeah, his promo work as a baby face is unmatched. Oh, no, it is unmatched, but I also think he can play the cocky role pretty well, too. Not like the like the super mean, like, you know. We have that with MJF. Yeah, That's the with, – with Cody's character, if you turn in that direction, you run the risk of him turning into a quasi-MJF. And remember, he should still hate MJF for what MJF did to him. Do you well, really want him to be – Akin to MJF? Absolutely not. That's why I I agree with Ugo when he said he's going to be a tweener. He's going to be a face with a dark side. Yeah. Yeah. But then then what do you do with the elite? But then what do you do with the elite? Because then you can't have one face or one tweener, rather. I don't think the elite's a thing anymore in AEW. I think it's just a show called Being the Elite. But when it comes to in-ring storyline, I don't think it's a thing anymore. I don't think so either, yeah. I, I agree with him. Hmm. I think the Bucks are on their own. Kenny's on his own because Kenny, <coughs> Kenny made it super clear that he wants I to go single. Singles wrestler. Yeah. yeah. You know he was doing the commentary during the uh, Hangman match, and he was pretty yeah. adamant that he wants to be a singles guy, which I think the whole world wants him to be a singles guy. Um, I don't know. It's int- I'm very intrigued to see how they play this out. You know, and on top of that, I want to see how how AEW continues to play out because what I've noticed is that they've taken a mix of New Japan's you know factions, where like there's four factions that rule the world, and everyone's a, a part of some faction. Um, where they have you know the uh, Eddie Kingston led faction, they have uh, the Dark Order, they have the Elite, they have the Inner Circle. So they have four factions plus, but then they also have a bunch of just random, oh, uh, and then a bunch of like tag teams and, and individuals. So, do you count the Nightmare think, Family in there? Uh, I think they're more of a tag team. See, I don't know. I don't count the Elite nor the Nightmare Family because they're kind of just jumbles now for me. Like, well, the Nightmare like Family the is kind of like an. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So they're not like the Dark Order, which is always together. They're not like the Inner – even the Inner Circle really hasn't been like 
on the screen all together at the same time anymore. This week, they were. Yeah. yeah, but not not as kind of like remember every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all five or six of them would come out together. Yeah, yeah, like, no, they're, they are. They're definitely trying to make sure that guys are doing their own thing within their own groups, yeah. um, which is like the New Japan style. You don't have everyone from Chaos come out for every match, but they're still a member of Chaos. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where AEW goes in terms of booking because you could obviously the New Japan influence is there and it's going to be there when you have, especially Kenny Omega is never going to leave behind the Japanese wrestling influence in anything he does. Um, but it's also still North American wrestling. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very intrigued as to where they go from here with Cody, with the Bucks, with uh, Kenny, the Nightmare Family, the Elite. Like it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I think what they were trying, I think it, this is a little theory of mine. I think they weren't sure what they – they knew that Brody Lee was, you know, legit, but they didn't know how the fans were going to react or how everything was going to kind of turn out. So I think they had Cody as a, you know, dangling as a heel a little bit just in case it didn't work out with Brody Lee. And now that he's taken it and ran with it and really made it his own, I think they're like, okay, Brody Lee is, the, you know, is a, is a villain, his whole – a faction is is villainous. Okay, we could take Cody and make him into, you know, you know that 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 uh, hero that got hurt, and he's gonna come back and avenges, you know, avenge himself and avenges people. So I think that's 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 the the route that they were going that they're going with. Excuse me. Let's see. Let's see. Time will tell. Yeah. Um, another thing that time will tell is whether or not Miro and AEW can figure it out because so far. Miro has been a dud. Yeah. His 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 whole gimmick is, in my opinion, crap on a stick. And his debut match was, guess what? Crap on a stick. So I I, I do not know what they're gonna do with this Eminem wannabe. But um at least he, it wasn't as bleachy as it was last week. They got uh, I don't know, man. Rusev, I mean, Rusev. <laughs> Miro's gotta do something, man. It's this whole I'm the best man, not just your best man, the best man, and then he has a crap match, and and his the the what would you say that his uh, finisher is now called the game over? Yeah, it's called game over. I mean, Jr. called Dumb. me like three or four times, but uh, <laughs> and then he like he said like he kind of saved himself. He goes, oh, he he should get accolades for that. It's like, oh, oh, JR, come on. Come on, JR, come on. (laughs) But listen, the the whole hair thing with Miro, Lana probably left her hair dye where Miro usually keeps a shampoo, and that's how it happens. So I don't know, man. But Miro's, they got to figure out this whole Miro thing. It's not working, in my opinion. Listen, he's, we were talking about off air. He's Twitch obsessed. He's, He's a video game obsessed person, and. I, I don't like it, but I think he's trying to be like an everyday person with. But, okay, you know, okay. So here's here's where I'm going to give Vince McMahon credit. Vince McMahon can create characters. Vince McMahon can take a look at you and create something that may not be you, but could be something that you can chew on and will be a memorable character. It doesn't always work, and sometimes he establishes, he creates a character, but then he can't continue that character's success. Fine. But 
I would rather take Rusev, the Bulgarian brute. Oh yeah. Versus Miro, the gamer, any day of the week. Like if he if he called himself Miro, his you know his name outside WWE, but brought the characteristics of the Bulgarian brute. Over, no problem. Yeah, I mean they they were calling him the Beast of Bulgaria, so it's I was like, okay, cool, works, awesome. We're gonna do this. I'm game. No pun intended. But then he comes out and he's just like Joe Schmo in like Gucci sweatpants, and it's just and like what? Name, and that name wasn't even mentioned during the match. Like that name didn't even come up this week. I understand the idea of letting these wrestlers be their own wrestlers and let them choose their own gimmick and let them choose their own character, and the idea that all the best characters are yourselves turned to a million, turned up to a million. I get it. I'm all about that. But how about this? How about this? Let me, let me put it this way. Hey, Miro, remember TJP? <laughs> exactly. When TJ Perkins first won the Cruiserweight uh, Championship Tournament, his whole shtick was gamer. His intro music, his Tron, everything was gamer. How did that work out? Like a charm for three weeks. But you know what? Let me let me let me interject here for a second. The good thing about AEW is that if you get it wrong at the beginning, they give you time to fix it. Example. Oh, for sure. example. The Dark Evil Order. Dark Evil, Order. yeah, the Dark Order and Evil Uno and that whole thing. Dude, mm-hmm. they came out and people hated them. The whole, you know, gimp kind of thing, and it was just, it was just too weird, and it was too, it's, it's slightly distasteful. They started tweaking them little by little. They changed them little by they little. Took them, they took them off TV for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They started this whole. Um, Oh, what do they call him? What do they? Thank you, the exalted one thing, and then Brody Lee came out, and they 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 now save the Dark Order. Yeah. The Dark Order is now something that it's worth watching. When before people would be like, "Ugh, here comes the Dark Order, yay!" So, yeah. I, hopefully, 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 Tony Khan and the Bucks and Kenny and Miro all realize that this is crap and go, "Hey, let's." Let's do something about this because this is not working. Yeah, I think Tony Khan is going to be like, yeah, they, they're going to give it maybe another another couple of maybe two, three um, uh, dynamites. And I think they're going to like, you know, they'll be like, okay, let's change this. Let's tweak it. Let's do uh, something. Remember, we're stuck with this until at least um, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford get Before married. Wedding. Yep. Yep. I think that's what. Best think you, case what, scenario. Best case scenario. That's when they flip the script. Exactly. I think they're keeping them muted for now, up until the wet that you know, quote unquote, wedding, and then that's where they're gonna they're gonna turn them. I, what they need to do, in my opinion, is you got to ramp up the heel, Kip Sabian and Miro right now. Let them be like despicable heels. Make sure they have all the heat in the world. Yeah. That way, when they do the wedding, and Miro turns on Kip Sabian, Miro is instant babyface, instant. Like fan favorite, that's the only way to say Miro, in my opinion, is you have him just like when they're about to do their vows and he's standing there and, and they do the whole would anybody like to blah blah yada yada yada, 
And then Miro will, you know, he could be like, I told you I'm not your best man. I'm the best man. And then he can, like, suplex the unholy hell out of Kip Sabian, hit him with the finisher, um, and then we get face Miro, serious Miro. Yeah. I think he should. I think he should uh, hurt uh, Penelope Ford too. Then you. Then you get... uh, I don't know about that. Both of them yeah. at the same time. She's a wrestler too. She can get it too. Yeah, but AWs—they're not really touching that line yet too much. That's um, that's an impact line. That's an impact story. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay. Okay. Like see. impact books, uh, intergender matches like their regular thing. <laughs> I mean, like not, not recently, but they used to, yeah. Was it? They used oh, to yeah, reason. I forgot, I forgot how... Ever uh, since Tessa left, they're not really doing intergender stuff anymore. No, they got burned. Hard burn. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to talk about Impact on their main event scene. I did enough of that ranting last week. <laughs> I swear, I watch Impact for the women's match. I go, Naga's division, awesome. Tag division, awesome. And I'm done. And good night, everybody. Speaking of good night, everybody. Okay, we, we, we're we're kind of like pushing it on time, so we we would be remiss if we did not talk about the biggest stupidity that took place this week in the world of professional wrestling. Let's take you back to Monday night. Oh God! No. Do this we have week's, to? No, no, we have to. I behaved because, myself. No, Why are you punishing no, me? No. No, no, no. <laughs> shut up. No. I shot on shades. I didn't even shoot on you today. <laughs> this Monday, on Monday Night Raw, the 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 clowns over in WWE decided they wanted to turn one of their longest stories that they've been working on for the last few months months and turn it into a gosh darn joke. Retribution. Okay. Oh my god. All right. Okay. Let me let me settle in because this is this is just buffoonery that has to be explained thoroughly. Okay, I'm drinking a cup of tea. I'll be I'll be waiting for you. Thank you. <sighs> they start this storyline with retribution a few months ago, right? These this group of wrestlers who are fed up with blah blah blah. They're destroying everything. They're beating up wrestlers. They're causing chaos. Now all of a sudden this week. It's announced that WWE has signed Retribution. What? If you own a business and people are vandalizing your business on a weekly basis and assaulting your employees, your solution is here's a paycheck. And that now, now mind you, they signed them. And if you remember what uh, I forgot who said it, it was Cole that said it. Somebody said it. We're signed now. They, they said it, actually. and then no, They're signed, so now they can signed. do whatever they want. Exactly. We can do whatever we want to whoever we want, whenever we want. I'm like, actually, no, you can't. But- Thank you. First of all, first of all, isn't that what they were doing anyway? And second of all, by putting them under contract, doesn't that actually limit the scope of what you can get away with because you're under contract? Now you can order them not to, but, you know, logic. And, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And then, and then, okay. So then, recently, up until this week, anytime Retribution attacked, they were all wearing like masks, like full on face masks, like you know, breaking into your house kind of masks, where all you saw were their eyes. This week, they have fuck. They have like they have these 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 Bane masks and hockey masks. 
And some, so somebody now the purge and change their co- their costumes. Yeah, what? The, thank you. And then you have like the five principal members of, of Retribution standing there. So we clearly know who's who now. We got uh, Shane Thorne, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Dio Madden, Mia Yim, and Mercedes Martinez. Yep. Mia So these are your five members of Retribution. However, those aren't their names. No, no. What are their names? What are the names of these five people who are supposed to be menacing and dangerous and scary and who have been attacking people and creating chaos? Their names are Mace, T-Bar, and Slapjack. Okay, let me let me stop Slapjack? you. Slapjack? Slapjack. I'm supposed to take you seriously when your name is Slapjack? G- give me a second. Give me a second. Because I'm supposed to be scared of a slapjack. It's too close to flapjack. I want pancakes now. Oh, Mother French fry, if you are standing in front of me with a knife and a gun, and you go, "My name is Slapjack," I'm gonna say, "Nah, man, for real." What's your real name, though? Come on. <laughs> it's like slapjack? that scene. It's like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy. Taser face. <laughs> exactly. What is a slapjack? Slapjack. <laughs> like T-Bar and Mace are dumb but Sla- Slapjack that's the name of a clown Slapjack dude those are names that you give like um, uh, what do you call jobbers back in the 80s when I grew up when the, oh when the, you know, when the Legion of Doom was around you know you got a guy named Saul Slapjack is coming to the ring and they get these like hokey little Slapjack uh, you know. is already in the ring <laughs> let's, let's get that right <laughs> Slapjack didn't get the entrance. He just appeared. He just appeared, yes. Slapjack. The biggest biggest jobber in the history of wrestling, the Brooklyn Brawler, has a better name than any of these guys. Fact. Slapjack? (laughs) I don't understand. And then, uh, oh my God. Okay, and then uh, they've announced the names of the women. And their names are Retaliation and Reckoning. Okay, first of all, the fact that these two women have more legit names than Shane Thorne's poor ass, Slapjack. (laughs) But then, like, did they just go, hey, guys, do you have any leftover names from TakeOvers from a year ago? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, TakeOver Reckoning? Hmm, sounds good. TakeOver Retaliation? Hmm, I like it. Okay, you girls. Those are your names. Like, what? 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 Why? I don't understand. You know why? Because it's such good you-know-what. T-Bar. What? T-Bar. <laughs> T-Bar? So it, I'm, it, are, are you a place where they serve tea of all different kinds? A, a tea, slapjack? Mace? Can't stop, won't stop? Uh, 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 uh. Like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> How does Vince put the – I want to know. I want to understand how someone in WWE looked at these five performers, these five wrestlers, these five professionals, these athletes, these grown adults, and said, okay, let's put Bane slash Slipknot masks on all of them and let's give them names. Like what? I don't know. T-Bar, sounds great. Mace, I love it. Slapjack, perfect. Who? How? 
who in their right mind looked at them and said, these are good names for wrestlers that are supposed to be these agents of chaos? Dude, I think Vince was thinking, let's put these ridiculous names so then uh, William from uh, Grapples to Apples <laughs> will lose his mind, talk about this for like 10 minutes and put it out into the world. And then they're going to be like, oh, my God, that is the best thing ever. We hate it, blah, blah, blah. You're going to watch it now. It's so bad, bro. You know, Apparently, news, the, the news outlets are reporting that the, the the wrestlers backstage are even making fun of them. <gasps> that is not good. Yeah, they have, uh, yeah, they're, they're not, dead. They're, they're not dead. Backstage. <sighs> they're dead. It's oh, over. They, they're dead. They're done. When your peers are laughing at your gimmick on night one, you're done. Bro, I'm over. asking for my release. I'm asking for my release. I'm just like, let like, me go. I, did, I didn't even get to like the booking frustration. I'm still stuck on these stupid names, but Ugo and I, Ugo, Ugo stopped by earlier and we were talking. Hi, and, I was telling, and I was like, there's so many easy storylines to write with these five wrestlers. That's true. And they're doing nothing by calling them these ridiculous names like T-Bar and Slapjack and Reckoning and your mama. By having them have these stupid names, you strip them of the chance to really tell a story. Because think about it. You have the leader, Dominic Dijakovic, right? He had a feud with Keith Lee. Keith Lee, who became the NXT champion, who was then called up to Raw, who was in the middle of a feud with their world champion, Drew McIntyre, and one of their legends, Randy Orton. So Keith Lee left that feud and has been treated like gold. Dominic Dijakovic, on the other hand, hasn't been seen on TV for months and is now the leader of Retribution. How do you not use that as story bait? How do you not let him be Dominic Dijakovic and say, I'm here because I worked my butt off, pushed Keith Lee to the limit every night, and he was treated like the golden boy, and I was treated like trash. That's why I'm here creating chaos and disrupting WWE every week so that you guys can see what you're missing out on. Boom. Story number one, off to the races. You have Dio Madden, who was doing announce work. I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm, I'm, I'm strength. I'm power. I'm this. I'm that. And you put me behind a table to talk? No. Now you're going to hear me and you're going to see me every week. Boom. Done. Next. You have Shane Thorne. Don't even have to explain that one. My name is Slapjack. Get out of my face. You got Mia Yim, who's currently dating Keith Lee. You have her do this stuff, and then you have Keith Lee confront her. Hey, what are you doing? I have a great opportunity here. You're going to ruin it for me. And that's when she could tell her story. Great. I'm happy for you. But what about me? While you're being treated like gold, I'm over here relegated to doing nothing. You left me and Dominic by the wayside while you did everything that you want to do. Boom. Story for Mia Yim. Keep it moving. Mercedes Martinez. I've been in the industry for 20 years, been overlooked my entire career. I'm here to make sure you never overlook me again. Boom. Story. Keep it moving. Come on. This writes itself. You give them all the motivation to be in retribution by playing off of their actual history in NXT, 
and in the independent circuit and playing off their relationships with people who are currently on the main roster. But no, instead, you give them phony baloney Mickey Mouse Playhouse names and you put them in cosplay and we get a slapjack. Come on! And all those great ideas you just had are the reason why you never got that call back from that interview you had with WWE. You had good ideas. You had good writing. You know that doesn't succeed at Titan Towers. You should have took a trip down to Jacksonville. Insane. (laughs) So frustrating. So frustrating. Well, can I point out something? And it has nothing to do with retribution because you said it all. There's something I was watching. Yes, I watched Raw this week, Will. (laughs) So... I was intrigued when they said, oh, triple threat tag team match, you know, for, you know, to see who goes and faces the Street Profits, which, by the way, the Street Profits kept me interested in what was a lackluster match because they had me laughing the whole time. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the match and look at the so it was Seth Rollins and and Murphy versus Dominic Mysterio and um, Humberto Carrillo. Yes. Versus Garza and um, Andrade. Andrade. Now, if you look at the attire of Mysterio and Garza, they looked like mm-hmm. they were on a team. Andrade yep, yep. and Carrillo looked like they were on a team. I noticed that too, yeah. See, this is, this is where I my real purest side comes out. That never happened in the age of the road warriors and and all those classic tag teams that they never like guys would change the colors of their tights if the other team even somewhat looked like them well that's what real tag teams do look at even a prime example is um recently bailey and sasha whenever bailey and sasha had a tag match their colors always matched mm-hmm. yeah but even the tag- their Teams in the same match where yeah. one guy on each team matched the other dude. It's like, what did, did Bro, somebody that's, look that's, at him in Gorilla and not say, hmm, Dominic, you nope, match nope, Garza? Nope, nope, because uh, Vince doesn't care about tag matches. Humberto. No, because Vince doesn't care about tag. Vince does not care about the tag team division. He don't care. Like, I, I see I, when, when Dominic was fighting Garza, I'm like, yo, you guys are on the – no, wait, no, you're not. Yeah, no. It's the same reason why we have the Street Profits on on announcing, saying the entire time we want to face Dominic and Humberto Carrillo because you know of this and that and that. They're building them the entire match, and then instead we get Andrade and Garza again. We saw this someplace, didn't we? Like a million times, bro. Yeah, and I'm just making sure. You know, it's kind of deja vu for me all over again. Anyway. Let's let's we we we're we're burning daylight here. I'm sorry, I had to get that out. I understand. All right. So in the world of professional wrestling, there are in fact good seeds, and there are also bad seeds. There are also bad seeds. At the end of the but at the end of the day, they all contribute to the tree, to the garden, and to the forest that is professional wrestling. Now, gentlemen, as my ghost, as my guest, my ghost, ghost? hear me? What as my, as my, as, as, wow, I know, like, we, like, age you out in the wrestling world. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. It is late. It's been a long week, and I'm stressed out. I apologize. Um, 
Okay, as my guests, thank you. Would you like to be the first to give me your good seeds? So, my good seed is a little more of a tribute. My good seed okay. does go to Animal for the uh, okay. for basically shaping my childhood of tag team wrestling. Bravo. And uh, okay. yeah, that's uh, you know not much more to say than that. You know, my favorite tag team growing up was the Road Warriors. Not just saying that because one of them just passed. <laughs> But, you know, that's where my good seed goes, for the memories there. Awesome. All right. Ugo? Uh, my good seed is um, – it's a, it's a – I don't know. It's a tough one. I like Tom's idea. That was really nice. Um, yeah. What did I like in wrestling this week? <laughs> what did I like? When you saw the, the copyright on Raw because it was over? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was like a strong number two, let me tell you. Um, you know what? It's wrestling, but it's wrestling like Jeremy would say, a Jace. Um, okay. When Sheeta put on Instagram her, oh, her, uh, her uh, photo spread, go check it out, guys. She looked gorgeous in a button-down tee, let me tell you. She looked amazing. Um, that's my good seed. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, she looked amazing. I'm sorry. Go check it out. My, uh, Instagram. My my good seed goes to the two ongoing tournaments, Ring of Honor's Pure Tournament and New Japan's G1 Climax. That's Just wrestling for the sake of wrestling in tournaments that are going to lead to something. It's just – it's – it's ah, uh, exciting. The G1 Fun. is always amazing. The G1 is – I mean, yeah. I mean, the G1 never fails. The G1 never fails. All right, and for bad seeds, you, what, you, what you guys got for me? Uh, Remember, you can narrow it down to one and only one. Well, we know what your bad seed is, so you completely took our yeah, bad seed away. Say, <laughs> you went on an 18-minute rant about your bad seed. Your bad seed <laughs> um, <laughs> um, let's see. Bad seed, bad seed, bad seed, bad seed. Um... Man, it sounds like a broken record, but WWE booking and creative. I feel like I say that every time I'm on the show, but my lord, man, these guys, they they just they just butcher everything, man. It's so hard to watch WWE. It's it's really the whole, you know, re- the whole Nexus number 2 with the uh mm, mm, with, talk uh, to him. Yeah, with these with these clowns that are up there. You know, John Cena buried uh the Nexus, but the the, the name's T-Bone, and what was the other one? Slapstick, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, Slap Booty, and, you know, like, you know, they, th- I think their names buried them. Poor guys. Mm. Rest mm. in peace, along with Animal. So, oh, don't, don't put them with Animal. I'm sorry, Come they on. both died on no, the same week. No, 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 don't no, 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 no. One's don't, going to heaven, and one's going to heaven, and the other clowns are going to go into wrestling purgatory. Yeah, because right. nobody want them. That's um, so, my bad seed has to go to Mira. Uh, okay. Somebody that is already over that de- needs to do nothing to get over is trying to get what they personally like over, and it's not working, and it's time yeah. to give it up. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, hmm. I wonder what to do about keep, my bad seed. I don't, I don't know. Um, keep it to under a minute, Will. Keep it to under a minute. 
I, I've said all I'm going to say. My, <laughs> my bad seed goes to anything and everything that had to do with the buffoonery that is retribution. I just, oh, God. Makes my head hurt. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's buffoonery, man. It's just. Like, it sucks because it totally over overshadowed. Like, SmackDown was kind of like bleh this week, but at least we could have talked about, like, Roman and, and Jay Uso because they're doing that well, at least. But no, I'm too busy sitting here wanting retribution to cease from existence that I completely overlooked it. So, yeah, retribution, get all the bad seeds, eat a bag of seeds, get out of my face. You know what's the funny thing, uh, you know, last thing that you're going to hear from me tonight? Um, you, are a, you are a writer, you know, and for you, these things, you know, make your head hurt. It kills your soul. Yes. You know, because yes. to me, to me, you know, I'm a, I'm a casual fan. I love watching wrestling, you know, whatever it is, good, bad, or indifferent. I sure. watch it. I critique it. You know, I enjoy it or I don't, whatever. But right. where, where you come in, you know, you, you're a writer. You, you know, you love to read. I read comic books. You read novels. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I could see, I can hear the 18 minutes of pain coming out of you Bro. from you know from a writer's perspective on on the whole. It hurts. You know, yeah, it hurts my soul. Yeah, yeah. you're 100, you're 100, bro. From a writing perspective, it's just mind numbing. The stuff that Vince comes up with, it's like uh, okay, tangent number 17 of the day. When I first got back into wrestling in 2016, I got into it because of the storyline. I was intrigued by the booking. I remember I, – I didn't have the network, so I didn't watch pay-per-views. I remember going week to week and asking Jeremy, hey, what happened this week? What happened with this story? How did they book this thing? Because I was intrigued as to what they were going to do, how they were going to go, how does the writing and all that stuff. But now, four years later, I, I just want to punch myself in the face repeatedly. It's insane. Yeah, and you can't blame COVID. Because you know no. what? No, 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 no. This is not COVID. With COVID, you know what's funny? With COVID, you can refine your writing. You can mm-hmm. refine your talent. You'll be like, you know what? Without the crowd, without the travel, without going all over the place, we could sit down. We have an entire week to put on a show. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's sit down and let's like you know put you know uh, thought to and, uh, to paper. And this, and this is your true test of writing. This is your true test as a creative mind. Because when you go out on the road and you have the big crowds and you have the pyro and you have the lights and all this and all that, and the, it's easier to get a story across that way in front of a crowd. When you have bare bones is when you really have to show what you can do as a creative mind. And what they've shown me is that they're 100% inept of creating anything worth watching. It's well, how many staff writers have, how many staff writers have gone from from, you know, from the company from from, you know, the oh, yeah. to, you know, to now, from the beginning yeah, of it's, the the turnover of the writing crew in WWE is unheard of because they're like you. They're storytellers, not buffoons. Oh, anyway, let's we, look, we still got to do predictions. So let's 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 oh, move oh on. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. 
This Sunday is Clash of Champions. Sunday, so, Sunday, Sunday. There's Sunday, Sunday. So for those of you who like to make yourself miserable like myself, <laughs> <laughs> this Sunday is Clash of Champions. We got nine matches on the card. Let's bruise through these because the matches need nothing because they're going to be nothing. Because half Starting, of them happened tonight. Exactly. On the, oh, tell me about it, right? <laughs> On the pre-show, that's right, folks, on the pre-show, the kickoff, that's what we're doing here. On the kickoff pre-show, we have the Raw Women's Champion, Asuka, defending her championship on the pre-show, on the kickoff, on the kickoff pre-show, on the show that is not part of the main show, on the pre-show, versus Alina Vega. How do you tell someone that they're not important? How do you tell someone that they don't care? Women's evolution. What happened to that? Yeah, they evolved into the pre-show. I would have took the SmackDown tag match and put it on the pre-show. Put the whole show on the pre-show. Anyway, I got Asuka. Asuka. Come on. Uh, Asuka. That's a no-brainer. In an ambulance match, because we need one of those, we got... Oh, very nice. Uh, Drew McIntyre defending his WWE Championship versus Randy Orton. Who cares? Not I. Uh, You still have to make a pick, guy. I'll go Drew McIntyre. Although I can feel it in my bones, he's going to lose to Randy Orton. I'm going Randall Keith. Yep, I can feel it. 100%. you know why? Why? Because, remember, we still got to have that rubber match that I was wrong about with SummerSlam, but I don't think I'm wrong about now. So I think Randall Keith is winning. You know what I'm, I'm hoping? This is what I got. Keith Lee is going to interfere, and we'll get a triple threat at the oh, next pay-per-view. Come on, dude. You just took that from me. <laughs> come on. Oh, no dude, I had one good idea. One. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on, dude. I was like sitting here like with my tail wagging. I'm like, I got this one. I got this one. I got this one. Should not have let me go first. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. That goes my thing. There you go. (laughs) You said it all. Thanks, Will. Sorry. So does that mean you also have Drew? Is that that what I got from the... No, man. Interference. They're not going to finish the match because Keith Lee's going to come in. They have to finish the Not even a DQ or a finish. You're going on no contest. I'm going no contest. It's an ambulance match. How could it be no contest? Well, they could. you could stick somebody in the ambulance and, and you're going to stick Keith Lee in the ambulance and then just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Think like Vince, man. Think like Vince. <laughs> They're going to stick Keith Lee in the, in the thing, and then those two idiots are just going to look at each other, and they're like, well, the match is over. And then it's like, <laughs> uh, that stupid sticker on the on the corner of, like, you know, the corporate logo is going to come on. Think like Vince, man. Oh, man. Okay, so I, <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> I love it. I love it, but I'm going Drew. I think Keith, I think Keith uh, Lee is going to interfere, but I think it's going to cost Randy Orton the match. Okay. Um, next. Next torture. Well, I think is going to be the squash of the night. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso for the Universal title. Hell of a promo tonight, by the way, between those two. Yeah, you know what? It was quick. They had like five minutes to work with, but they made it work. 
I, I and I appreciated it. I, I got up off the couch in Tommy Boy's house and I was and I was kind of clapping. I was like, you know what? I felt that. I yeah, like no. that. It was really good. Really, especially from Roman. Really good work from Roman. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good. Yeah, I'm going Roman Reigns. I'm going Roman Reigns with a squash win. Yeah, Roman Romanus for me too. Big time squash win. Right? I think it's gonna be like a spear Superman punch to call it a day. Yep. All right. Next up, we got the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. <sighs> Bailey versus Nikki. Bailey. Bailey's tough. She's not dropping that belt yet. So here's my thing. Go for it. Sasha is still a factor here, right? Exactly. Does Sasha interfere? Let Nikki win as revenge to Bailey because Sasha's whole thing is I'm gonna take away the thing that Bailey loves the most, or does Sasha want to take it from Bailey, and so Bailey wins and we move on? I think Sasha's gonna come out, say a couple of things, you know, kind of make it look like she's gonna interfere, but I think Bailey's gonna win clean just to kind of keep pushing the ball down the road a little bit. So then they can, you know, they'll be like, okay, we don't have to do it this pay-per-view. The next pay-per-view, we're going to give you guys the, uh, you know, the uh, the pre-show, the pre-show match. <laughs> you know you know what? Sasha, Sasha Bailey is not hell in the cell. I don't feel like this needs the, the belt, but Vince thinks everything needs the belt. Exactly. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Bailey wins. Because Vince has this weird illusion that, like, it's not a big enough rivalry unless there's a championship involved. Wait, wouldn't it be cool, Sasha and Bailey, Hell and the Cell, uh, Hell and the Cell against each other? I think that would be awesome. Those I, if, if, if they build it right, I'm exactly. game. Oh no, they don't know how to build anything right. But Sasha does, and Bailey does. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and, you know, because this is just a warm-up for when I go after Shades of Takeover. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know I'm getting – I know he's going to shoot on me hard next week. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go one better. I'm going to say Nikki Cross by DQ because Sasha runs in on Bailey. Ah, uh, okay. So then Nikki wins but doesn't win. Got it. Nikki Cross DQ because Sasha attacks Bailey. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, what do we – okay, after Clash of Champions, we have Hell in a Cell, right? Or is there anything in between? I think it's Hell in a Cell, then Survivor Series. Right, okay. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I can see Sasha versus Bailey for the Women's Championship in Hell in a Cell. Yeah, you just push the ball down the, down the road. To a better pay per view because this pay per view, you know, it's gonna be. Oh yeah, total fest. Is this? Correct me if I'm wrong. This is gonna be the third, would be the third Hell in a Cell match for Sasha Banks, right? Uh, I think you're right. I think you're we had right. Sasha versus Charlotte in the first one uh-huh. in 2016. I watched that one. Yes. Then the tag title. No, wasn't the tag titles Elimination Chamber? Hold on, I am. Tag title is Chamber. I'm pretty sure you're right. So, so. okay, nothing in 2017. Let's see, 2018. 
Listen, you you know you know I'm right because it's one thing that my wife Kelly will always say is that I'm right. I think she just twitched. She twitched. She twitched. She twitched. <laughs> so it was Sasha and and Charlotte in Hell in a Cell. And if we're thinking the same thing in the tag titles, that was Be- hold on, hold on. Yep, Becky versus Sasha, Hell in a Cell last year. Mm-hmm. Ah, look at that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't Third. paying attention to that one. Yep. I knew it. I was like, why do I feel like Sasha Banks is the Hell in a Cell queen? Yeah, Listen, I wasn't one. on the recap and review for that pay-per-view, so I probably wasn't paying attention. Uh, whatever, bro. <laughs> so yeah, if so if they do that, if they do Sasha versus Bailey Hell in a Cell, it would be Sasha's third Hell in a Cell match. I'm game. I'm game too. That's why I said it. All right, moving on to uh this this makes me sad for the a women's machine and a good wrestler versus a good team. <sighs> the women's tag team championship. Nia Jackson Shayna Baszler versus the Riot Squad. Come on, I, as much as it pains me, I want like my heart wants to pick the Riot Squad. Yeah. But it's there's not no shot. Happen. No shot. No shot. Like, I don't care about Nia looking weak losing the, the tag titles this soon, but I like Shayna. She deserves some sort of limelight and, you know. Yeah. It's so frustrating because it really, like, the Riot Squad should be tag team champions, and Shayna should be in the main event scene for the women's division. Because the, the Riot Squad are a legit team. They're not a exactly. together team. Like, literally, here's the comparison. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are the women's version of the bar. With much less personality. Do you not remember that they started hating by uh, hating each other? Yeah, but... I, their tag champions? Yeah, but at least Sheamus doesn't break everyone he works with. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying this the comparison. This the recycled story. No, no, oh, for sure. No, you're 100% right. In terms of the story, it's the same thing. Except, you know, the bar were actually good. Yeah, well, you know, Shayna can't wrestle every part of the match. And what stinks is that this is just further proof. They're, they're really never going to utilize Ruby Riot the way they need to. They never are. It's become so clear that she's never going to get, you know, top of the billing in the women's division like she's capable of. It's so you know frustrating. Because she's not a Vince-type woman. I know. I know. I know. Anyway, let's. Uh, Ugo, who's your prediction? Uh, you know what? I'm just just for the hell of it because you know I'm an idiot. Uh, I'll go with Riot Squad. Good, good. I'm glad you're going with them, and then I hope that you're right. Yeah, I hope that I'm right too because you know what? I think with with, with the whole them losing, you know, especially um, uh, Gonzo. I mean, uh, Ruby Riot. Um, she she lost so many matches that I. Th- Listen here, sir. Listen here, sir. I'm sorry. You will not. You will not be disrespectful to Ruby Riot on my show. Okay. I'm gonna. I listen to me. I know you love her. That's why I'm going to disrespect her right to your face. Do something about it. Um, you're not in my face. You're in Long Island, and I'm in Brooklyn. That's right. You're hiding from me. You're hiding from me. I'm your big brother. You're hiding from me. Yeah, but I'm the bigger brother. I'll sit on you, and you'll die. Yeah, that's pretty true. Just don't do it on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, 
let's let's move on, guys. You we know, still have you're more a man, but you're working on it, and I'm and I'm I'm commending you here. I'm commending Thank you. Here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anyway, all right, all right. we got four more matches to go, guys. Come on, all right, hurry up. For let's the, finish this up. Come for, on for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Who cares? Cesaro and Shinsuke versus Lucha House Party. I got Cesaro and Shinsuke. Cesaro and Shinsuke. It, it, yeah, no brainer. Uh, for the IC title, the only math worth a damn, worth, the only match worth a damn, in my opinion, Jeff Hardy defending his title versus AJ and Sami Zayn in a triple threat ladder match. This needs to be how does it? Oh, it's gonna suck. This match has everything to be amazing, and it's gonna suck. Yep, you're right. Well, did you watch tonight the, the preview of what it, what it's gonna be like? Just yeah, Jeff is gonna win. Jeff is gonna win. 100% without question, Jeff wins. You know what's funny? You say that Jeff's going to win. I feel like um, AJ's going to win. No, because Sammy got the pin, and AJ got the – he stood tall at the end of the match. So yeah, that means Jeff Hardy has to win. Yeah, that's true. Jeff's going to win. I still, I'll still take AJ. I don't know why. Hey, I, again, I, I, I hope you're right. That he's going to win. That I hope you're right. Vince is going to Vince it, and he's going to be like, I just put it back on AJ. Who cares? Let's just get this over with. They're still doing the whole Jeff Hardy redemption story, so I don't think so. Yeah, this is going to stretch out to at least the Rumble. Boring. Boring. Jeff Hardy is boring. Isn't it funny how the horrible stories, they stretch out, but the good stuff, they squish in two seconds? Hey, listen, this Jeff Hardy story makes me want to drink, so. (laughs) We, We have two more matches. Come on. All right, go, go. What's the next one? Go, go, go. For the Raw Tag Team titles, we got the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. I I, I don't know. Let's be uh, Street Profits. I don't know. Whatever. See, I want to go Profits too, but they're really pushing the fact that Garza and Andrade went to a new level after Zelina left them. Zelina, yeah. I had the same thought. I had the same thought. I don't see it happening. I still lean towards the profits, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I'm going to switch it. I'll go to Andrade and Angel. Why not? Actually, you know what? How many title changes have we predicted? So far, nothing. I, no, I've predicted, I've predicted Mr. Randall Keith. Oh, right, right. You got one. I got zero. So I'm going with this as my title change for the night. They average about two title changes. So you know what? I was wrong the first time, probably maybe the second time, but I don't know. I, I think they might. How long have the Street Profits been champions? A few I'm months. I'm this. Yeah, I think I'm they're going to keep it. They're going to keep it because they're entertaining, and Garza and uh, Andrade are not. So they're just going to. Yeah, but then who? But who's next in line? Nobody. That's why they have to keep it on them until somebody wakes up. No, that's why you give it to Angel yeah. Garza and Andrade to keep this going. That's exactly it. Wow. So, yeah, I, I'm actually with you, Thrill. I'm going uh, Andrade and Garza. I wish they would just break them up and put them back into singles because those guys are better Oh, well, yes, that too. But, back you know, for the time being. Plus, you can't break them up because all Latinos have to work together. Very, very unfortunately true. As we do, and very well, might I add. Amen, brother. Who you got, Hugo? 
Um, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll still stay with the Street Profits. I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot here, but yeah, yeah Street Profits. Because okay. there is there is one title not being defended tonight. That yeah, and, and Vince good. doesn't care about tag teams, so what's the difference? Oh, you're right. There's no U.S. title on the. Oh no, never mind. It is. Yes, is. I'm talking about uh, Brownie. It's the, it's the last match. Wait, what's the last? What are you talking about? I'm talking about Brownie. Oh. Uh, Whatever. Um, so, <laughs> last match on the card is for the United States Championship. Lashley versus Apollo Cruz. For booking purposes, it should be Apollo, but they won't because they still don't think he's, you know, Lashley material. So, Lashley's going to win. Yeah, Lashley. Plus, they're booking the Hurt Business to be super strong right now. That's so. literally what I was about to say. Hurt Business is being booked way too strong to drop right now. Yep. Lashley wins. Lashley wins. Is that it? We're done with WWE, please. We're <laughs> I think we're ready to put a bow on this uh, this whole episode, right? Throw. That is going to wrap up this week's episode. As always, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples of Apples. It's Grapples of Number Two. If you don't like, so if you don't like SoundCloud, you got Apple Podcasts, you got Google Play Music. Or Google Podcast, I think at this point they've already turned over. You get iHeartRadio. It doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples of Apples. Again, that's Grapples the number two. Apples, like, like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible because we do appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Mr. Ill Will, the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespeare and Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's why I'm because, baby, that's who I is. This week, joined by my two very special guests from out in Strong Island. Boys, who you are? We are the tag team of Grapples to Apples. We are the Suburban Brothers, Tommy Boy, and the Baby Maker. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Big Daddy Hugo. Special shout out to Shades. Thank you for letting us uh, keep your uh, seat warm for uh, today and Sunday. Enjoy your rest, man. That is right. The Suburban Brothers will be back on with us for the Clash of Champions recap and review this Sunday night. So don't forget to check out that episode. Last week's episode, this week, next week, and every other week. Because an apple a day keeps a bad lesson away. Peace. Good night.